Welcome to PK on Mike, where we are honest and open and real, talking through becoming the people we are designed to be, designed and living for a purpose. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome. It's Tuesday night. It is 20. 21 and um, usually every year, right? You get new year, 1999 to 2000 or 2010 to 2011. Whenever you switch the year, it's always weird to start saying the new year. For whatever reason this year, right? Maybe it's everything that we went through in 2020, saying 2021 just seems and so refreshing. It's so clean. It's so, um, it's new opportunity. And so I hope you're day five, Today's January 5th. I hope day five of 2021 has been unbelievable. I hope your first week is off to a great start. Um, I know we are here. I'm very blessed, very thankful, very grateful for things going on right now and look forward to what this year has in store. And so uh, we're going to kick off the first year with PK and Mike. I'm really excited. Uh, my son, Paxton, who is five, so we decided to. Uh, homeschool him the first half of the year, right? So much uncertainty, not sure what we're getting ourselves into. Um, he's a, he's a typically a shy kid or like last thing we want to do is put him in school and then uh, something happens with to take him back out of school because of all what 2020 had to offer, right? And so my wife who did an amazing job homeschooling him, um, He's grown so much in the last five months or however long it's been. Uh, he's, he's, it just blows me away. I remember coming home and asking him simply, hey, look, I'm just joking around, Paxton, what is this letter? He's like, P. I'm like, what letter is this? He's like, M. What letter is this? A. What's two plus two? Four. I'm like, dang, my wife's an awesome teacher. And uh, so all you homeschool moms who are putting the work and the energy and the time in, to invest into your children during these times that are just craziness to begin with. Uh, much love, much respect to you, and especially to you, babe. You killed it with him. And so Paxton finally said, um, over the Christmas break, I want to go to school, and I want to meet new, new, some new friends. And so we are like, are you sure you want to do that? And uh, sure enough, tomorrow they go back to school. He has a new school teacher. He's going to make some new friends. And even as I know he is going to do amazing, I feel like I did when my first time went to school, like that nervous feeling, right? The innocence going into the public school system or going to be around other kids. I don't know what he's going to hear and say. And uh, it's constantly, instead of worrying, going back to prayer. And so uh, give all your good vibes. And if you think about it tomorrow, his name is Paxton. Give him a shot. Give him a little prayer and uh, that he meets some amazing friends, that God um, continues the good work in his life and uh, uses um, everything to draw him closer to him, ultimately, right? Because that's what it's about. And so um, welcome again to PKM Might. So what I wanted to talk about tonight and um, get after a little bit is for you, some of you that may not know, or maybe you guys do know, I ended up being tested positive for the Rona. Uh, early in, I think it was like late November, early December, maybe, right? And so Friday night, I started feeling a little bad. Saturday, I isolated myself, um, had a temperature 
body aches a little bit, not too bad. Um, just felt under the weather. I can't say I felt awful, right? I just, I, I knew with everything going on, hey, let's just isolate yourself. Um, the headaches were the worst part for me. Within a day and a half, two days, temperature broke. Um, if it was any other year, this is speaking for myself because I know there's a lot of people out there right now suffering with this with family and friends that had some hard times with it. In fact, one of my good friends I spoke with today uh, struggled for about a week and a half. I have another good friend who lost a brother earlier this year to it. And so um, I was um, very fortunate to just have, you know, two days. And then I was tired, but the headaches and all that um, were the worst part for me. And about two weeks later, great, feel fine, feel normal, back to my crazy self. Um, but while I was isolated in my room, right, um, got to read a lot of books, create a lot of conversations with people, um, watch some movies, but isolation for me was the worst part. It just was. And I think we are designed as relational beings. And anytime you get isolated and taken the relationship away, um, I think that is part of what hell is going to feel like. Because when you're isolated from the creator and that relationship is taken away, um, I can't imagine what that might be like. Uh, I was explaining to my wife, I go, just think about this. Because one of the books I'm reading is called The Case for Faith. Awesome book. If you're like deep philosophy, Stuff on hard, tough questions, the case for faith. And so it really opened my eyes to a lot of different things. And I was thinking, you know, when me and my wife aren't clicking, when we aren't doing well, it just seems like there's this big gap and it sucks. Life just sucks. Everything seems harder. It's not fun, right? I think I can't imagine what that looks like at a multiple, uh, uh, multiplied level when you're separated from God for eternity, right? So I don't know what that feels like. But while I'm isolated in this room, one of the questions I always ask myself in all situations is why? What's the purpose? What's the lesson? What's there to, what's there to grow and learn from this, right? I was bored, um, but there was a lesson there. I didn't know what it was. And all week long, I was asking this question. I was reading different books and uh, I was praying, God, show me. And uh, I spent a lot of time in the Word. And there is one book, right? It's so funny. I was like, you know what? I don't know if I've read every book in the Bible. I don't. I grew up in the church. Um, I started getting discipled in college. I really started growing my faith and wondering what that looked like. And I said, what book have I not read? And so I opened up to the book of Joel. Um, so if you guys aren't familiar with the Bible, it's after Hosea, a bunch of names, Daniel, it's after Psalms, after Proverbs. But it was the book of Joel. I'm like, let's see what this book is. The reason I chose the book of Joel to read through was because it was only four chapters. I could read through it and uh, say I read through the book of Joel. So remember, randomly book of Joel because I thought I never read through it. I was asking God, what's their lessons to be taught through all this isolation going on? And here's what the book of Joel is all about, right? And I encourage you guys, if you guys have never read the Bible, jump into it. I always explain the Bible is like the ocean. You can dip your toes in and get wet and understand, man, it's cold, right? It's wet, smells, right? Like your toes are in, you can get your ankles in and get a little more wet, experience the sand underneath your feet. You can go up to your neck and start feeling the power and the waves crashing around you. And then you can throw the snorkeling gear on and dive in and you see the beauty of the fish and the, the life underneath the ocean, right? So you can go as deep as you want into the Bible.
Um, seek with open heart and ask the right questions. Just ask questions, right? And I think you'll discover some cool truths in there um, that may open up your eyes to things that are going around and why things certain happen. And so I opened up to the book of Joel, and here's what the book of Joel is. Without going to every single thing and making this big old Bible study, is the book of Joel is about a city that is sworn by locusts and complete destruction takes over their land. So I don't know what you guys have ever studied locusts or what they do. I'm going to post a picture right here. So this is a picture of a man standing in a swarm of locusts. And this locust, as Joel's writing this, is something this land has never seen. They've never seen destruction like this. They've never seen death like this. They've never um, experienced the the pandemic, right? The uh, I'm going to think of the right word for swarm right here. It's not pandemic. It is plague. They never experienced a plague like this. And so let me read to you what this is like. Uh, desert locusts swarm can be 460 square miles in size and pack between 40 and 80 million locusts into less than a half a square mile. Each locust can eat its weight in plants each day, so a swarm of such size would eat 423 million pounds of plants every day. This happens today in the world. To put that into context, the swarm the size of Paris can eat the same amount of food in one day as half the population of France. This is happening, right? Swarms of locusts happen around the world. Um, in Africa and things of that nature. And this is happening in the book of Joel. In this country, the crops are being destroyed. Animals are dying because there's no food. Can you imagine going into your house and swarm of locusts all around you? This constant pain and suffering and disgust. This constant of unknown, why is this happening? This constant just uh, bugs on your walls. Bugs in your clothes, you can't go anywhere because this plague of locusts has taken over your land. Disgusting, right? So 2020, I don't care what you compare this to, but 2020, I would say, was just like that. Here's this thing that comes into our land and it's causing all this sickness and death and it's causing everybody in the planet to isolate and change course and fights and arguments and all this thing and all you know is because of this one issue there's chaos everywhere like the swarm of locusts chaos everywhere in this country on the walls everywhere you turn there's a locust everywhere you turn there's the rona you turn on the tv there's a locust covering the tv there's the rona being talked about all different ways you get on social media there's the rope the locust right the rona all over the place, creating chaos, creating confusion, making people ask why, what's going on? This is the worst year ever. So those are the questions that I was asking when I was isolated in my bedroom, thinking, what is the purpose, God? What is going through? What's the lesson for me to learn in all this? Here's what I wrote down after reading through the book of Joel. I don't think these are things that you haven't heard of anywhere else. And I love when you listen to motivational speakers and they have, these are my 10 points. And then you go back and you read the Bible and the 10 points are strictly from scripture. A Bible, a book that's read, that's been written by so many different people through different cultures, different times, different time periods, uh, different countries. And it all adds up and there's not one 
Bible thing in here. Okay? So here's my takeaways from Joel. Of these locusts swarming the land, creating chaos. Things are going to happen that you can't control. You just can't. We don't know why. There's some answers we're never going to figure out. We don't know why Rona happened in 2020 and caused the chaos it did. Right? There's theories. There's philosophies. There's you can sit and read it all day long and get angry all you want. But the problem is, the truth is, you couldn't control what happened in 2020. You couldn't. You control your actions. You control your attitude. You control the way you think about things. You go about things. But you can't control what it did. 2020 happened. Number one, things will happen you can't control. Number two, you can either look at it and fight and be mad at everyone and cause angry. Or you can learn from it. You can find the blessings in the thing, in the bad situations that you can learn from. And then you can teach about it because something's going to happen in my kids' lives outside of Rona that they're going to have to learn and grow from it, right? Just problems are going to happen. They're tiny little roadblocks that seem like mounds because they don't know how to handle adversity. Or when those big, huge mounds come, they're going to learn how to handle and climb that in a better situation. So I can either learn from what happened in 2020 and teach it and learn from it. So number one, things are going to happen you can't control. Number two, make the decision to learn from it. Understand why it's happening. Number three, and this is a big one because I don't think a lot of people do this. I know I didn't until my attention was brought to it, was when problems happen, what Joel called the people to do is not fight, not argue, not go put their policies in different places and push agendas in the people's face. He said, fast. Humble yourself, ask the Lord, and give him your heart. I think all of us have lessons we could have learned from 2020. I think we all have lessons, things and areas that if we really were quiet and still and gave our heart to God who's in complete control and ask him, I think the lessons can be learned from 2020 that will change your life. I 100% agree from that. So what lessons is there from last year that you can learn from, that you can be grateful for, uh, that you can take into 2021, that you can take on through the rest of your life, that you can teach to your kids so when adversity hits them later on in life that now they have something to learn from and grow from? Only refuge that you'll ever have is in the Lord. Again, Joel says, look, all these locusts, we don't know what's going on, we don't know what's going on. Um, but learn from it, teach from it, fast, humble yourself, give your heart to the Lord, ask him for answers. Um, the only refuge you're ever going to find in a in a time when things are being destroyed and ruined around you is in Christ. And then finally, there's always hope. There's always encouragement and blessings are going to come. I don't know when there's blessings are going to come. There was a lot of tragedy last year. People lost people that were close to them, and that pain does not just go away, right? People are going to be battling this sickness, who knows, probably for the rest of our lives, right? So the question is, blessings will always come, though. And Do you have hope that a blessing and encouragement are going to come through the midst of tragedy? If I look at my life in general, and from the time I was, I don't know, I go back to high school when I had goals and ambitions, and things happened to me that I couldn't follow through. And at the time, they seemed like tragedies. So coming out of high school, 
my first love was baseball. I wanted to play baseball. I didn't want to go to college anymore. I simply wanted to um, go to a junior college for a year. I hurt my shoulder in my high school year, so I couldn't throw a baseball. I wanted to rehab, get in the minor league system, and play as long as I wanted to. My shoulder wouldn't rehab. I lost the game that I absolutely loved called baseball. And um, at that time in my life, as an 18, 19-year-old kid, that seemed like the biggest tragedy. Here's a game I've been playing since I was four years old. I absolutely loved. Um, why is it being taken away from me? This isn't fair. This doesn't make any sense. In the course of that, I had some friends playing their second year of junior college football. And I said, you know what, forget it. I'll go play football with them for one year and we'll finish off together. And that decision ended up being a scholarship to Texas Tech University where I've met some of the greatest friends I've ever met. It was one of the greatest times of my life. I got to meet my wife. Um, through that, met my wife, and now here we are 15 years later, three kids, got a business that's successful, made some amazing friends. Um, but because of that one tragedy in my life, that seemed like the biggest thing ever to happen when I look back at it now was just a small little hill that I had it overcome. Because of that one little tragedy, God took me into a whole nother area that he wanted me to go to took me to far west Texas from Southern California. And by the way, where I met my first friend, my age, living out the gospel, who introduced me to my mentor and disciple, who discipled me through college, who taught me what it was like to read the Bible and understand it, who changed the course of my heart, who took me from a Christian that was missing it by eight inches before it was all head knowledge with some heart, where it went from head to heart where I still apply a lot of these lessons and things today, and I have so much more room to grow, but all that happens because I was given a tragedy in my life at 18, 19 years old where I couldn't throw baseball no more and had to go play football. So 2020 is done. It's over. The locusts swarmed and destroyed the land. You can either look at it like the biggest tragedy of your life, like the biggest wasteful year of your life, or you can start praising God and know that there's hope coming that through 2020, you're going to become a better and stronger person. And there's he has bigger and better things for you ahead of time. But you're not going to discover that by weeping and mourning and fighting about things you can't control. So my whole purpose tonight on PKM Life is get out there and let you know there's hope. That the answers are in the Bible. The answers of a pandemic are in the Bible. Like we just read through it. Go read the book of Joel. You have the answers. You have the step-by-step -step guidance. You have the roadmap. It's just your decision to make a choice on what you want to follow. That's PK and Mike. You guys have a great night. Have a great week. Get after 2021. You have hope. Let's go.